Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the newest edition of the House of Chayton podcast. I am, of course, your host, Chayton. This is, of course, episode 26, the final episode of the year 2022 for Saturday, December the 17th, 2022. We got a lot to discuss, primarily the awards, the House of Awards, the the Tonys. I don't. I don't fucking know. I, I. I tried to think of a name, but you know, we're just gonna call it the House of Ch- the HOC Awards for this year. Maybe next year we'll have a more creative name. But I'd like to take a moment to thank everybody for the continued support this year with all the um, trials and tribulations throughout this year regarding the rebranding and the delays and all that stuff. And I'm happy to see that that this podcast is in some of your top fives, even number one of the year, as some of you have sent me your wrapped photo uh, screenshots from Spotify. So very much appreciated to all of you for your continued support. And we will go into 2023 with much more anticipation, much more excitement. And I will have some my plans for 2023, as well as some stuff I'm planning on doing for this podcast going into the next year. But before that, we are going to get into our usual stuff, the box office report and the physical media reports. It's from what I've seen, a lot of you like the combination of the two at the beginning of the show. So... No surprise here. Number one was, and this is for the weekend of December the 9th through December the 11th. Now, mind you, the next three, so next, the first episode of the brand new year, episode 27, have three weeks of box office reports, just FYI. Same with the physical media report, having three weeks of the physical media report. But I digress. So number one is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. No surprise here, 11 million. And it was uh, made, has made, let's see. Let's look at the total box office. So it has made $769 million worldwide. So again, we'll be discussing this movie later on in the award show. And not in the way you think, unfortunately. But uh, number two will be Violet Night, made eight point seven million, and it has currently made forty three million. So very happy for that. Number three, Strange World, making three million dollars. See how much it's made. Fifty four million. I do not. Maybe six sixty. Possibly 70. That's stretching it, but number four, the menu at 2.7 million. So let's see how much that's made so far. 58 million. So not not as bad or a little bit better than Strange World. Devotions made another 2 million. And it has made. 17 million, so that's unfortunate. I've not seen the film, I've heard good things about it. So, number six is Black Adam that made 1.3 million, 
And I expect it to be even lower next week since it will be on HBO Max this coming weekend. It has made $389 million. So, so uh, with that, we're going to leave it at that. Uh, spoiler alert, made uh, $679 million. That it moved up from number 21 to um, number 10. So, just want to end the whale. Opened with uh, 360,000, opened in six theaters, um, and it's at number 14. So that is it on on that end. Let's look up the physical media report so we can get right on into it. So uh, Shout Factory has, uh, of course, they have the Jackie Chan collection coming on January 24th from Shout Factory. uh, Tar will be coming to us from Universal on 4K on December the 20th. Let's see. Warm Bodies will get a 4K steel book. I liked Warm Bodies. That will be coming out on February 7th. Bones and All will be coming to Blu-ray. No announcement for 4K, but that will be coming to us from Warner Brothers on January 31st. Let us see. Let us see. Trying to see if there's anything else that we have not already discussed this uh, this past week. Let's see. I hate when my the Chaintron five thousand does works. Okay, so that's not a lot in regards to which I'm not surprised in regards to the releases. However, we're going to get into the. What is coming out? Now, of course, we've got a good amount of, we got three weeks to cover. So just FYI on that. So bear with me. So first off, on December the 20th, we've got Tar. Of course, I mentioned already. We've got the Taken of Pelham 123, the original come to us on 4K. We've got the uh, House of the Dragon coming to us, the first season coming to us on Blu-ray and 4K. We got War Games coming out 4K, not the WWE and um, WCW match. The um, Banshees of uh, Arishan, I believe it's called, that will be coming out on, um, I believe that's a contender for Best Picture. That will be coming out on... Um, blu-ray so let's see so those are that's about it in regards we got jonah veggie tales movie that'll be coming to us on blu-ray wow that's a blast from the past so that is it so next week there's not too much as i thought but the 27th that's gonna be the big week we got two big horror movies coming out we got terrifier 2 coming to us We've got different versions of it. We got Walmart exclusive steelbook. We got Zavi exclusive steelbook. We got Best Buy exclusive 4K. We got a Blu-ray. I cannot wait to pick this up. That'll be coming to us on December the 27th. We also have Halloween Kills or Halloween Ends coming to us on Blu-ray 4K, Best Buy exclusive steelbook, Xavi exclusive steelbook. The steelbooks look very nice. I'm tempted on picking those up. We also have a Halloween trilogy coming with all all three movies from Halloween 2018 to Halloween Ends. I'll be coming to us on 4K. And again, there's not a lot of big releases. Like those are like the two main ones. But other than that, there's 
not a lot of um, like, uh, yeah, we got the steelbook for, which is a very nice steelbook. I do want to get the steelbook for Terrifier 2 primarily because of the fact that um, I have the steelbook for the original Terrifier. And so that steelbook does look nice. Even the 4K slipcover for Terrifier 2. This may be one of the rare instances where not only I double dip, I may triple dip. This is how good some of the Terrifier 2 merch is. So next, we're getting into January 3rd, which we're getting Black Adam on Blu-ray and 4K. We also have Pray for the Devil on 4K, which has a very nice slipcover. I may pick that up just for the slipcover. Or, well, the um, the slipcover for um, the Blu-ray looks good, too. So either way, let's see. We also got a nice uh, steelbook for Black Adam. But again, not a lot in regards to that. Now, the following week, January 10th, we have some good stuff. But we'll be talking about that on the next on the first episode of the year. <clears throat> so with that being said, that was not as long as I was expecting because we're getting near the end of the year, which means there's not a lot of Temple releases coming out. So there you go. However, we'll be back with... Uh, the uh, news of the show. But until then, I'll see y'all just in a bit. And now we are getting into the news. It's going to be a short one for the news, but we have one, one big, big one that I'm going to leave to the end. Resident Evil Village arrives for the PlayStation VR 2 uh, next year. Free upgrade for existing owners. So that's good. That comes us from Blade Disgusting. So I... I, I'm not planning on getting a VR. I didn't even have the first VR, but even VR too. So just FYI on that. Chris Jericho will star in wrestling themed horror movie entitled Dark Match. First off, his role in Terrifier 2 AEW Superstar, Chris Jericho will be seen in the horror movie Dark Match for director Lowell Dean, who directed Wolf Cop. Dead, this comes to us from Deadline. And uh, Stephen Org, I believe that's the guy who was in uh, Trevor and, of course, um, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. The upcoming horror movie sees a small-time wrestling company accept a high-paying gig in the in a backwoods town, only to discover when they arrive that the community is run by a mysterious cult leader with a devious plan for their match. Oh, I can't wait for this. This, this is right up my alley. So, uh, see, if there's a is there a release date yet? He's also going to be executive producer, Jericho will be. No release date. Let's see. Five Nights at Freddy's movie, which I forgot that's still a thing, has uh, Josh Hutcherson and Matthew Lillard joining the cast. I like Matthew Lillard. I'm happy for that, but again, I just can't, I can't seem to care about this movie. We also had God of War series picked up for Amazon. Also, Death Stranding movie. In development from Kojima Productions and Hammerstone Studios. That that will be a, vi- a visual movie. I will say that. Um, but I still got played first Death Stranding, to be quite honest with you. The Exodus reboot, reboot halts production. I expect it looking to resume early next year. 
David Gordon Green is directing a brand new sequel to The Exorcist for Universal Blumhouse and Morton Creek will, that will pave the way for a planned trilogy. The first film in the trilogy will be released theatrically on October 13th, 2023. Filming recently kicked off. Uh, unfortunately, Deadline reports that the uh, production is taking an unexpected break for the holidays. Sources cite unspecific or uh, specified health issue involving Leslie Odom Jr., who stars alongside Ellen Bernstein. Reprise her role as Chris McNeil from the original 1973 movie. The site describes the shutdown as an early and not cost and uh, insignificant situation. The report adds they hope to have Odom Jr. back along with the rest of the cast in January. The first um, plot uh, details. Were, we were provided with last year tease of Drew played the father of a possessed child desperate for help. He tracks down Miss Burstein's character. So hope everything's going good with uh, Odom, and uh, we'll keep we'll keep y'all informed. Also, there were some trailers. We got the first trailer for Scream Six, which we saw the majority of the returning cast with a. New York subway and a New York setting, which does look eerie and creepy and, and badass at the same time. Um, but I'm really uh, looking forward to it. It was just like a minute and a half. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. We also had 65, which is a new movie with uh, Adam Driver. Basically kind of like Jurassic Park meets the Predator. I wasn't looking forward to this movie, but it looks really, really interesting. So it comes from producer Sam Raimi. So that one is um, is uh, interesting. Now we also had the Barbie trailer, which uh, it's a Barbie trailer. Margot Robbie and and uh, Ryan Gosling as Ken. So we also have. Let's see. Give me one second. I'm looking up some things. We also had a new image. Uh, it's a third image from the new Evil Dead Rise. Third image from the horror movie brings the horror outside the cabin. It's a really cool image. It reminds you of something from like the 2013 movie. Um, comes out on April 21st, which I'm looking forward to. First Evil Dead movie that we've gotten theatrically since 2013. But um, yeah, I can't wait for this. Next up, my longly or long anticipated third movie with uh, Ari Aster, Disappointments Boulevard, now titled Boo is Afraid, with uh, poster reveal. Uh, debuted, A24 debuted a first look today at the project by Ari Aster, Boo is Afraid, formerly titled Disappointments. Boulevard film describes the intimate decade spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. A24 revealed a poster below what appears to star be star Joaquin Fix character from a young age in pajamas. No plot details at this time, but A24 shared a tweet that we can expect Boo is afraid to arrive next year. And I can't wait because, well, as some of you may know, Ari Aster is one of my favorite directors going today. 
And it's also worth noting that Aster previously helmed a horror comedy short titled Boo in 2011. The short's plot sees a man undergoing a sinister haunting chain of events when he loses his key while on his way to visit his mother. There's no confirmed connection between his short and Boo is Afraid. And of course, this is his third feature behind Midsommar and Hereditary, all three collaborations with A24. So with that, we're going to get into um, first thing. We're going to get Henry Cavill. He's going to be in the Warhammer 40,000 series, which is based on video game, uh, for Amazon. So that's going to be, and why he's doing that is because in the big news of the week, Henry Cavill will not be playing Superman anymore. This comes to us from The Guardian. Henry Cavill dropped a Superman weeks after announcing return to role. Guardian of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy director DC Studios' new co-chairman James Gunn is writing a Superman movie that won't involve the actor Henry, actor Henry Cavill, who said it was not the easiest news after he only recently announced that he'd be returned to the role. The new Superman film, pinned by Gunn, will take the character in a different direction and focus on the superhero's younger years. The announcement comes amid a monumentous uh, change at DC Studios and parent company Warner Brothers, which has been slashing scores of projects to cut costs after emerging with Discovery. Cavill has played Superman since 2013's Man of Steel, last appeared in, in the role of a, in a cameo in Black Adam early this year in October. After announcing he resigning, or that he's resigning from the lead role in the Netflix show The Witcher, he announced he would be returning to play Superman again. On Wednesday, Cavill wrote on Instagram that Gunn and his co-chair, Peter Safran, had met with him to deliver the news. I will, after all, and this is from Cavill, I will, after all, not be returning, as Superman Cavill wrote, to being told by the studio to announce my return back in October prior to their hire. This news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved with the new universe best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. Fans may, might not want to mourn, or fi- fans might want to mourn for a bit, he wrote, but Superman is still around. So the big question is going to be who will play Superman? Oh, wait, wait, here we go. As filed. I'd say, my turn to wear the cape has passed, but what Superman stands for never will. It's been a fun ride with y'all onwards and upwards. Gunn's film will reportedly focus on the younger years of the hero during his years posting or poison as Daily uh, Planet reporter Clark Kent. With insiders telling The Hollywood Reporter, um, Gunn could potentially direct the film as well as writing it. So, as someone who loved Man of Steel, who thinks it is a masterpiece of a film, and who has won a sequel to this movie, I am sad to hear this news. But I trust James Gunn in his new direction. Now, it's also been noted that Superman and Wonder Woman have been cut from The Flash. They were supposed to make cameos as well, so we'll see what happens there. So, let me know what you guys think. Are you happy about this? Are you excited for what Gunn has to, is going to be doing? Is going to be very, very, very interesting. But Henry Cavill will be just fine. But uh, yeah, it, it, is, it has been a very 
chaotic year for Warner Brothers. And we will see where that goes from here. So next up, we are going to get into plans for 2023 and beyond. So I'll see you all in a moment. So before we get into the year-end awards and the retrospective, since we are getting closer to the holidays, I thought I would do a list of the top 10 best Christmas movies of all time, in my opinion. This ain't your mama's uh, Christmas list. This is a very, very different list than what you probably would expect, but we will uh, go into it. Number 10 is probably the second most recent one on this list, and that is a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I had a lot of fun with this one. I enjoyed the Kevin Bacon shenanigans, Drax was great. And then the musical numbers, I'm not the biggest fan of musical numbers, but I thought they were good, and seeing Kevin Bacon sing is always nice. Number nine, and the reason why Guards is so low is because it was short. But number nine, Krampus. I talked about this last year, about it being an underrated Christmas masterpiece. It is a fantastic movie with great performances and some creepy imagery. It sucks that it didn't get an R rating, but nonetheless, it is number nine. Number eight, Elf. One of, uh, not my favorite Will Ferrell movie, but in terms of Christmas, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, it does, it does, it, like, honestly, there are points where it has not aged as well with some of the jokes. Not saying that I get offended nowadays. I'm just saying because... When I thought they were funny back when I was a kid, now I'm like, okay, it's kind of a little annoying. That's why also that one is is low on here. Excuse me. Number seven is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And this is the one with Jim Carrey. And a very young Taylor Momsen from The Pretty Reckless. I enjoy Jim Carrey in this role. One of uh, the last great Jim Carrey performances before... Uh, of course, uh, the Sonic movies. I'd say his last great comedy was probably Bruce Almighty before, like, Sonic. So, but a, a great, like, world building in this one. And I, I enjoy all the Grinch movies, uh, even the, the one, the anime movie from a couple of years back. But number six, the only anime movie in here, and that is The Nightmare Before Christmas, Jack Skeleton. That's all I need to say. Number five, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes, it is a Christmas movie. I double checked. Uh, but uh, great performance of Val Kilmer and Robert Dyer just on the cusp of getting the Iron Man role. Uh, Shane Black, phenomenal director, especially with these buddy cop type situations. Another one to recommend is The Nice Guys. But great movie overall and some great humor that still stands up to this day. Number four, Batman Returns. Uh, my favorite Batman movie of the Keaton era and also my favorite Batman movie of the Burton Schumacher era. Uh, great performance from Michael Keaton and great performance from uh, Danny DeVille, but Michelle Pfeiffer is a standout as Selena Kyle slash Catwoman, so check that out if you haven't. Uh, next up at number three, 
the original Black Christmas, I would have to remake as an honorable mention, but Black Christmas, uh, the original Bob Clark, the one of the original slasher movies, uh, great tension, great suspense, and a great twist. And just a all-around, it, it is the best Christmas horror movie of all the movies. Number two, the most recent movie on this list, Violet Night. Now, I already talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go into details, but David Harbour was excellent at Santa Claus. Great one-liners, great action, just a great fun time. And number one, if anybody has known me for a long time and the biggest debate, is this a Christmas movie, is this not, it is. And that is Die Hard. What can I say about this movie that has not been said? It is just a fantastic action film. It launched the career of Bruce Willis. And what more else can I say? Uh, just to say, in one of the greatest villains of all time, Hans Gruber. So that's my list. We're going to get into, of course, the, the top um, or the year interview in just a moment. So the year 2022 has been a very interesting year. It was, and not just in the entertainment world, me personally. I have had very big ups and downs and stuff going on behind the scenes at the house I'm not going to go into full detail about due to uh, personal reasons. But uh, 2023 is, is looking up to be a very interesting year, not only for me personally, but for my uh this podcast as a whole. And so we are going to be discussing the year in review, but also talking about plans for 2023. Now, some things I'm going to be trying to do, um, but recent events may interfere with that, which is, uh, which is fine. I'm, I'm going to try to go to more shows, not just wrestling shows, but also what you call it, like the UFC is coming to San Antonio in March. Um, maybe some comedy shows. More importantly, concerts. I'm a big music fan. This year's not been the greatest in terms of music, which is why I'm not going to be doing that much in terms of music rankings. However, I will will give one mention to a, an album later on. But... Uh, so those are the things I want to do in regards to that. Now for the podcast, I do have some things kind of, you know, in the works right now that I'm going to keep uh, within my, basically my cards. I'm going to keep the cards close to the chest right now. Uh, but there are going to be some good stuff. I am planning on bringing back the bonus reviews where I review uh, movies and all that stuff and maybe some games and all that in future uh, episodes or bonus episodes. I'm also bringing, going to finally get people to come in to interview and have discussions with, whether and it will be a topic. Debating on whether that's going to be a bonus episode or if that's going to be part of the podcast. I don't know yet. So there's a good amount of stuff. I'm going to be focusing also on my my YouTube channel, doing gameplay videos, streams, and all that. That'll be something I'll be doing. The House of Chain Gaming and Shorts, if anybody 
uh, doesn't know. So I'll be doing a good amount of stuff for 2023 and some stuff that kind of came up recently that will be beneficial to the uh, podcast going forward. Uh, But as far as like my overall thoughts of this year, like I said, it's been a roller coaster of a year. I've been, I've gone through uh, some personal matters, which have been resolved. Thank goodness. Some stuff that uh, some family issues and it's been a hell of a year. It's been a lot of ups and downs. Uh, This podcast has even had ups and downs in regards to, I didn't know the direction I was going to go. There was a point in time where I even thought about not doing the podcast anymore. But after I felt my groove and all that, I decided, uh, uh, and plus the new format, the new, the changes, the changes of I've made regarding the um, name or the name and all that stuff. Uh, even recently, the logo. And uh, I don't know if I've ever given a shout out to him, but I want to give a shout out to my good friend, Dan XP. He goes by many names, but that is the name that I will use. Um, he, designed a good amount of my logos, even going back to my old YouTube days. And he designed the logo that you see every Saturday. So before I get into the full on 2022 in review, I want to thank uh, everybody for the continued support and through all the trials and tribulations and making this podcast a success this year as we have gotten through its first full year on here, as well as the, um, we're going to be hitting, I think the year mark in the spring um, of the house of chances, the rebranding happened. So with that, we are going to get into 2022 and review in full in just a moment. So 2022 has been a very interesting year. As I mentioned previously, uh, we had a lot of shocking turns of events with Microsoft buying Activision, which that is still ongoing, especially with the FTC. We also had the Warner Brothers Discovery merger and a lot of crazy shit that's been going on with David Zaslav and just the cost cutting, which I can understand with Warner Brothers being a lot of debt. We got, of course, legendary pictures going to Sony. We had some stops and starts and stops regarding certain DC stuff in, in Warner Brothers. We've also had, this has been the year of horror. This has been the year of some of the best horror films of the last 10, 15, 20 years. We have had resurgence of certain actors. We've had a lot of scandals. We had, of course, the slap heard around the world with Slappy and Chris Rock. I mean, Will Smith and Chris Rock. <coughs> Excuse me. We have had the um, the Depp v. Heard trial, where Depp was uh, victorious, and Amber Heard, or as many have called her now, Amber Turd, has fallen into obscurity. And we had in wrestling, we had some of the biggest shakeups in the summer. With, of course, as mentioned in the first episode of this podcast, Vince McMahon and the allegations against him. We had the retirement of Vince McMahon and possible he's trying to come back, which 
fuck no. That's my response to that. I would have I was gonna go long on it, but you know what? Fuck it. We have had Triple H, Paul Levesque bring new life into WWE over the past couple of months. Lots of returns. We had AEW kind of go through a slump in the summer into the fall with the uh, CM Punk situation with Brawl Out, which uh, and, and the uncertainty of what happens once Punk is all healed up. We had the walkout of Sasha Banks and Naomi in WWE and the potential of Sasha Banks going into AEW when she, it's already been out. She will be at Wrestle Kingdom in January. We also had uh, some great uh, stuff in regard. We had the purchase of Ring of Honor by Tony Khan. And, a, and of course, now Tony Khan owns both AEW and Ring of Honor. And we are still not sure what's going to happen with Ring of Honor going into the future. We just know that they are going to be moving their, t- their TV to Honor, Honor Club and all that. And... A lot, a lot of other stuff like Bob Bob uh, Chapek out of Disney and Bob Iger taking back the helm of Disney. We have James Gunn in control of DC, basically, in the films and TV division. We have had a lot of crazy shit happen. A lot of wild shit. We've had a lot of losses this year. We had, of course, the great Kevin Conroy. We, we've had a lot of people pass on Scott Hall for wrestling fans out there at the beginning at, at the spring of this year. And a lot of uncertainty and what and a lot of optimism in regards to DC with the Warner Brothers with we don't know. We also know that HBO Max will be no more in, in next year with Discovery Plus and HBO Max merging. And it's just, it's been a crazy, crazy year in regards. We've had a lot of great moments in regards to TV. The boys, the most recent season of the boys was excellent. The most recent season of what we do in the shows was excellent. We had, of course, the uh, one of the greatest first seasons of a TV show in Peacemaker. Wednesday became a sensation. We also had some bad TV. We had one of the... One of the actually one of the worst TV shows that I've ever witnessed, and that was, of course, Resident Evil on Netflix. And we also had Hulu bringing life into dead franchises with Hellraiser and Prey. I'll get into more of that later. Going back to the wrestling part, I wanna I wanna go into this a little bit. We had a standout year for Dax Harwood. I still believe that the year that the year belongs once again to Roman Reigns. But Dax Harwood is easily in the top five of the best wrestlers of the year. He's been the workhorse of AEW in every company he's worked for this year. Cody Rhodes going from AEW and having that hell of a match at Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins with the torn pack. We, we just had so much happen this year. We literally had Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle for the first time in 19 years against Kevin Owens in the main event of night one. We had Vince McMahon wrestle for the first time in 10 years against Pat McAfee. Wasn't much of a match, but still. Just so much craziness that happened this year. 
the music genre wasn't really that impressive this year, in my humble opinion. Like, I don't listen to a lot of the new hit songs and all that. But even rock, we didn't have, like, uh, the best album of the year, in my opinion, was Ghost's new album. Which had, of course, Hunter's Move from the Halloween End soundtrack. Uh, or what was it? Uh, Call Me Little Sunshine. Spillway, some great tracks. I love how they're basically diversing themselves even further. Um, but even games, I've not played every game in the world, but like one of my favorite games of this year was, of course, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Uh, we had some interesting games that had disappointments. We had, of course, the uh, Saints Row re- reboot. We had Gotham Knights. I know the Callisto Protocol has been very diverse. I enjoyed it, but again, it's a very divisive game. So just a lot of crazy shit happening this year, and I'm very curious to see what happens in 2023. Uh, As the streaming wars, especially one last thing I'll mention, uh, this year proved how much of a disappointment Marvel has been, the MCU has been since Endgame with a lot of the movies that have come out this year in regards to Black Panther, even Doctor Strange, Thor, Love and Thunder. I enjoyed two, two of those movies, and then Black Panther, of course, I, like you, I'll talk about that more later. But it has been dis- disappointing Phase 4. They have not fully recovered since Endgame. And even, you could say, you can even say, uh, what do you call it, WandaVision. Uh, I've and even the Disney Plus shows have been lackluster to grab her and or is fucking excellent. I need to check that out. But so much that happened this year. So much I'm not going to go into too much, but you know, that's that's some of the key points of this year. So now we're going to get into the lists. So with that being said, I'll see you on just a moment. And now we are getting into the Top pickups of the year, and as for Blu-ray and 4K. Now, as I've mentioned previously, my Xbox died, so my Xbox One S, so I was not able to pick up every single 4K of this year, which is unfortunate. But nonetheless, these are the movies I recommend for the year 2022. Now, let me get it all set up. Okay, here we go. So, number 17, and some of these are reissues, but they're Lions Against Steelbooks. Number 17, The Punisher War Zone. While not my favorite Punisher movie, it is a very badass steelbook. The Cabin in the Woods 4K steelbook from Lionsgate. Another great 4K steelbook coming from Lionsgate. Number 15, The Punisher, Thomas Jane, 4K Steelbook. That was an excellent steelbook. Probably the bet one, if, one of, if not the best 4K steelbook of this year from Lionsgate. So now we're getting into more review topics. We got The Virgin Suicides from Criterion Collection. Very good 4K transfer from Criterion for this movie. Excellent movie, too. Number 13, Shaft. Excellent packaging as well, not just for the um, the packaging was standard uh, case and all that, not the not the digi pack. However, the uh, it comes with a Blu-ray of Shaft's uh, Shaft's big score. So 
but great transfer on this as well. So number 12, we got Life Force from Scream Factory. The 4K of that one. Excellent transfer. Lots of good special features and a really cool slipcover. Number 11, Candyman 3, Day of the Dead from Vestron Video. Not a good movie, but a great transfer and lots of great special features from Vestron. I'm looking forward to picking up the Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, collection very soon. Cursed from uh, Scream Factory. This is number 10. I grown to appreciate this movie and uh, one of Jesse Eisberg's earliest films. But it was a really, really good transfer. That's for a Blu-ray. So props to Shout Factory or Scream Factory for that. Number nine, The Craft on 4K from Scream Factory. Uh, I was not the uh, – I know some people had their issues with this 4K. But I didn't I, – at least my copy didn't. And lots of great special features on that one. We're going to go into an A24 binge. We're going to have number eight men. Some of these I will be talking about my list later on, so I'm not going to go into details, but great, great slip cover from that one. Number seven, Pearl. Another great slip cover. Got the Walmart slip cover. Number six, X. Again, great slip cover on that one as well. Number five, so we're ending with some 4Ks. Number five, the Lost Highway 4K. Uh, Digipack from, uh, what do you call it, uh, Criterion. I got this during the Criterion sale. I think the only movie I got from the Criterion sale for November. Excellent transfer, loads of special features, and great overall packaging. Now we're getting into the, oh, another honorable mention I forgot to mention, but the Ring Steelbook. Wasn't the biggest fan of the slipcover, but the Steelbook itself was excellent. So number four is the Event Horizon 4K Steelbook. They're they're going to be releasing a 4K standard edition of Event Horizon. But the transfer was great, and the Steelbook is one of my favorites. Number three is the the Batman 4K Steelbook from Best Buy. I never did get the the second edition that came out, but one of the uh, best transfers, 4K transfers of the year. And, of course, that will be talked about more later on. Number two is the Halloween three-film collection, Halloween 6, the Curse of Michael Myers, which has, which is the first time since the Scream Factory box set that came with all the movies, except for Halloween 2018, Kills and Ends. It's the first time that this one has the producer's cut and the 4K, or producer's cut and the Blu-ray, or, sorry, Produce cut and the theatrical all in one set. Of course, four disc set, so it comes with all of them for the Blu-ray and the, which is great because again, my 4K play, it literally died at the end of the month of October, right after I got this. It was, I paid like $104, so yeah. Great transfers all around. Favorite one, of course, was Halloween 6 in terms of the transfers. My number one. And this is and this is um, for anybody who's been listening to this podcast of some of my pickups. I'm trying to remember if the guest came out because the guest would would tie with this one, but I don't think the guest came out on. Four, I think it was last year, if I remember correctly. Let me double check before I uh, bust my load right now. Um, let's see. 
Is this it? Oh, I didn't even know that they had a uh, Blu-ray for the guest. A new Blu-ray. That's actually really good. Um, I'm happy about that because I'm pissed because my since my Xbox One uh, died, I could not play the guest. But uh, that's good. I will actually pick this up very soon. Then, if I since I know now it's it's on um, it's on. Okay, so let me look now. Let me see. Okay, let me see real quick. All right, here we go. The guest 4K. When did this come out? I want to be sure. I should have done this earlier, but I just wanted to be on the safe side. Um, does it have a release date? Oh, it came out last year. Okay, so okay, that's fine then. All right. I couldn't remember because I buy so many movies. It, it's 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 hard to figure out. But yeah, now I now I know. So I'm glad I looked that up while we were doing this. Uh, recording but my number one to to kill the anticipation is the fright night 4k steelbook excellent transfer audio is just top notch as well as the steelbook is just a beauty and as well i i gotta say this this uh, this is a uh, it has dream window as the menu title the music for the title screen so for that alone it's number one so and great visuals on the title screen as well. But just a, one of the best transfer, in my opinion, of the year. Now, I know there's Top Gun Maverick. I don't have Top Gun Maverick again, so on and so forth. But definitely go pick this up if it's still available. So with that being said, we are going to get into the worst movies of 2022 in just a moment. And now we are at the worst and most disappointing Movies of the year. Before we get to the best, we got we gotta go into the worst. Now, I avoid bad movies like the plague. So I did not see every bad movie known to man, just like with movies, with the good movies. And I know some of these may surprise you. And some of these, while I liked them, they still were bad. So with that being said, the honorable mention and probably the most disappointing movie of the year, if we're counting, so we'll just do the most disappointing movie first, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That first trailer had me. I was not looking forward to this movie at first. I just can't see no one besides Chadwick Boseman as uh, the Black Panther and T'Challa. And while they had, there was good moments, this movie was too fucking long. And then like my number one movie, which we'll get into my uh, top movies of the year, this was long where it dragged. And I just didn't care for, Namor was the only highlight, main highlight, and um, the mother of T'Challa. Those are like the only things. So now let's get into the worst movies of the year. Number 10 is The Monsters. While I... Basically, number 10 and 9 are movies that, you know, I could still go back and watch 
but the Mudsters wasn't as bad as I was expecting it would it to be. But it's still Rob Zombie's worst film of his filmography. Sherry Moon Zombie was one of the standouts, which is shocking. Uh, Grandpa Munster was great, but besides that, Jeff Daniel Phillips. I love Jeff Daniel Phillips, but miscast. Number nine, Lightyear. A movie that didn't need to be. Still an okay movie, but again, a movie that didn't need to be. Number eight, Uncharted. Tom Holland just needs to stay, stick with Spider-Man. Just, this movie was no good. Some of the actions were good, and there were some good callbacks. And, and, and Tom Holland tried, but again, another film that just felt uh, like a complete waste. Number seven, The Invitation, a movie that I did have high hopes for. But uh, I didn't see the unrated version, but the um, PG-13 rate didn't help. Number six, It's Morbid Time, y'all. It's uh, Morbius. Matt Smith was a standout this movie for all the wrong reasons. Jared Leto. I love Jared Leto, but uh, his run with superhero movies, except for Zack Snyder's Justice League, has been just mishandled. And some of the worst CGI I've ever seen and the worst post credit scene I've ever seen. Number five, Jurassic World Dominion. Not even the great Sam Neill could... Bring this movie out of obscurity. I just was sick to death of this franchise after the last movie, so this movie did not do it do it any favors. Number four, Ambulance. A movie with great cinematography and decent performances, but besides that, again, for an action movie, for a Michael Bay movie, for it to be a complete bore is just awful. Number three, Firestarter. I felt so bad for Zac Efron. This movie just was awful, just plain awful. And uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of the original with Drew Barrymore either, but shit, this, that, that makes that movie fucking Schindler's List for crying out loud. Now we're down to the top two. Number two, Black Adam. When this film, all it's known for is this action and the post credit scene and not even good action, you know it's bad. A lot of self-indulgence from The Rock and just his self-indulgence continued after the movie released after it bombed. Pierce Brosnan was the best part of this movie and the post credits is the only thing you could say about it, say anything good about it. Number one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. It is not the worst Texas Chainsaw Massacre in history, but uh, it is the worst film of the year, in my opinion. The film just, again, the bus scene is the only saving grace of this film. If you've seen the film, you know what I'm talking about, and the ending, because I hated the main character, so I loved when she got her head sawed off. Spoiler alert, but this movie's been out for almost a year now. Uh, the design of Leatherface was decent. That's all. That's basically they try to add gun violence in this movie, school shootings, which felt completely tacked on. Yeah, a lot of pe- Gen Z people. It was just awful. Just awful. So, with that being said, we are going to get into the top movies of the year. So, with that, I will see you in just a moment.
And now we are at the end. The end of the final episode of the year. The end of the awards. And we are hitting the best films of 2022. It's going to be a long list. Right now, it's actually, surprisingly, it's only 29. I'm actually shocked it's only that many. Now... First off, I'm going to say that I've not seen every single movie of the year. So I want that to be perfectly known. So uh, I, of course, did not see Avatar this week, this weekend. I have not seen The Whale and other movies like that. I've not seen Glass Onion yet, so on and so forth. So just bear. So if you're saying, well, where's that? Where's this movie? Where's that movie? Well, you know now. Now, we'll start at number 29. Number 29, and some of these movies I did not get to talk about due to either a hiatus or whatever. So I want, I want that to be known. Number 29 is Thor Love and Thunder. While I did enjoy this movie, I was not like, in repeat watchings actually brought it down. Same with another MCU movie that we're going to be talking about at the uh, in a little bit, but uh, Chris Hemsworth was great. Uh, the villain Christian Bale was great, and Natalie Portman shined. But other than that, wasn't too much else to talk about in regards to like all that. But number twenty-eight, and this is a fantastic movie, but it's a very depressing and downer movie and a long movie. And that is Blonde. I'm really hopeful Ana de Armas gets an Oscar nomination for Best Actress because this movie was fucking phenomenal. But it is a very tough movie to watch. That's why it's so low on this list. Number 27, one of the surprise, and actually I'm going to add an honorable mention. Fall came out early this year. That was a actually a surprising film. I was actually not expecting it to like as much as I did. So Fall is an honorable mention. The other movie that's in all, or that's or that's in this list, number twenty-seven, Beast, Idris Elba fighting a lion, and Chateau Copley actually was one of the standouts of this movie. But I enjoyed it; I really did. So yeah, it's not better film than Blonde, or even you could say Thor: Love and Thunder. But I, it was a good popcorn f- movie. Number 26 is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. If this is the final performance we will ever get of Jim Carrey, he went out with a bang. This was an excellent follow-up to the original. I still don't know if it's as good as the first Sonic. So, uh, Number 25, we've got Nope, which I've seen a few more times after. I, I really enjoyed it. It is nowhere near as good as Get Out, and I'm one of the very few defenders of Us. So, like, I actually prefer Us over Get Out. Uh, but, so that's a controversial statement. But I, I really enjoyed Nope. Uh, I like the kind of twist of everything that, that he did. So, I uh, really recommend that one. Number 24 is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This, at one point, was my number two. After a few repeat watchings, I liked the movie a little bit less. But I still enjoyed it enough, and it... And, of course, Wanda being the standout, Elizabeth Olsen, fantastic performance. I wish she would get an Oscar, but she will not get a nomination just because of their, it's rare when we get superhero movies, 
you know, and all that. But I really enjoyed the film regardless. It just, again, there is uh, 23 more movies that are, that are better than this. Number 23, Bullet Train. Another great film with uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, Bad Bunny, I thought, did a very good performance. And it was a fun, another excellent action flick. Also, another honorable mention, I forgot to mention, The Lost City with uh, Sandra Bullock and Chain Tatum. I really enjoyed that movie. Just wanted to throw that in there. Number 22, a more recent film, A Violent Night. Santa Claus on a Murderous Rampage, played by David Harbour. What more can you ask for? Number 21, and this, and again, this is how great this year was. Is that this movie was, it was one of my top anticipated movies of the year. And unfortunately, it's gone down a lot. Just because, But again, it's because we've gotten so many great movies. But The Unbearable Way of Massive Talent. I love this film. I recently got it for Black Friday on Blu-ray. I adore this movie. It's everything I want in Nicolas Cage. Pedro Pascal was great as well. I cannot wait for him, of course, in The Last of Us show. Number 20 is Bones and All. One of the more bigger surprise of the year to me uh timothy chalamet which i have not still i've still not seen dune but i i really enjoyed him some of these more recent movies i'm not going to go too too much into detail of so but um bones and all was a was a fantastic film which uh, made me care about a bunch of cannibals basically number 19 is smile which was a uh, another surprise, but again, we shouldn't we shouldn't we should expect this from Blumhouse. But this is a great little horror film. Uh, I had fears of Truth or Dare. If anybody remembers that movie, but this movie was not Truth or Dare. In fact, it was better, ten times better, because that movie sucked. Truth or Dare did so. Really, really enjoyed Smile. Number eighteen, Scream twenty twenty or two, or Scream five. Didn't think they could pull it off again, but they did. Scream 5 was an excellent continuation, and Radio Silence delivered and paid, basically did the best that they could with um, this being the first Scream film not directed by Wes Craven. It still felt like a Craven film, but, but within their own with Radio Silence. Great new characters. Jenna Ortega just continues to prove that she is one of the new scream queens of the new next generation. Just a fantastic film. We got an anime film in here. We got an anime film and an anime film. But number 17 is Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Funny enough, I was not looking forward to this movie compared to Resurrection F or even um, Broly. But this movie was excellent. The animation was top-notch. And what they did with Gohan. What they fucking did with Gohan. One of my biggest complaints over Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super over the last 20 years is how they did my boy Gohan dirty after the Cell Saga. Cell Saga was still my favorite uh, saga of Dragon Ball Z, by the way. But they did my boy dirty. But this movie, they fucking made him brutal. I like just... They finally wrote the wrong from all those years ago, and they made Gohan into a fucking beast, a fucking badass, a god, all this other shit. And the 
the side story with Goku and Vegeta was hilarious. So, uh, number 16, Hellraiser. Hellraiser was a movie that I was very nervous about. Not because of the female thing, just because of the Hulu thing. But this movie and another movie that we're going to get into in a, in a little bit proved how like streaming is also going to be a force to be reckoned with, with new uh, movies. And Hulu resurrected two dead franchises. I thought Jamie Clayton was great as the new uh, Hell Priestess. And I liked the story, so I, I was color me shocked about this movie. Number fifteen, the menu. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. One day I'll say Ray Fiennes, one of the greatest actors in the world, to not have an Oscar on his mantle. Definitely check out the menu in theaters if you haven't. Number fourteen, and it took me a while to finally watch this. I was so pissed off because I watched it. I think it was on its last day on Peacock, and then I checked. I went back and checked on, or um, I watched it halfway. Then why I, I was falling asleep, so I rewatched it. Uh, I was about to rewatch it, and it was off Peacock, but luckily it was on Netflix, so I could, re- I could finish while, where, I st- where I left off. And that is the bad guys. I liked the Minions movie, and there were some other probably anime movies that were good, but I didn't see them. The bad guys was was one of the big surprises of the year in terms of animation. I, I love this movie. And plus Sam Rockwell. You should have known the movie was good when Sam Rockwell was in it. So number 13. Another surprise from Hulu. Fresh. Sebastian Stan had a year on fucking with this this movie and the a Pam and Tommy show. This uh very smart, creative movie about like selling basically meat, human meat to rich people. And I've enjoyed Sebastian's performance in it. Check out Fresh on Hulu if you haven't. Number 12, the other, the other big surprise in a resurrection of a, of a dead franchise from Hulu, Prey. I actually believe that this is the best Predator movie since the original. Same with Hellraiser, the Hellraiser 2022. Uh, this was a fantastic film with a star-defining performance by the lead actress and just an excellent fi- Predator film overall. Did not think they could pull it off, but they did. Number 11 is The Northmen. Robert Eggers, once again, makes a fantastic film with uh, more of a action-heavy movie with Norse mythology with, of course, um, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, and which also she was in the menu. And, of course, we have uh, William Defoe, just a great cast overall, Nicole Kidman, and a standout performance. Again, she, I, would, I wouldn't mind her being nominated for Best Supporting Actress. A great cinematography as well. Speaking of great cinematography, number 10, we're finally in the top 10. And you notice, and you're going to notice, this is a very horror-centered uh, list once we get to number 10. Our first horror film actually wasn't until number, um, you could count, like, you could say nope, but our first true horror film wasn't really until Bones and All, which is number 20. So, But number 10 is The Black Phone. Another great performance by uh, Ethan Hawke. 
He had a great year in terms of some performances he did. Scott Derrickson proved why he's one of the better uh, horror directors going around today. It, and a very interesting story, very throwback to like 70s and Stephen King. It wears Stephen, uh, Stephen King on, on his sleeve. Just an excellent performance, which some great, great masks. Speaking of masks, the controversial one right here. Number nine, Halloween Ends. I know all you Corey Cunningham haters out there, uh, you can suck it because I enjoyed the twist with the Corey Cunningham character. This was an excellent film. I love the fact that it didn't feel like your typical Halloween film, which is why I loved it. Like Halloween 3, like Halloween 6, and like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And while I had issues with the film, the uniqueness of the film made it stand out. And it is the best Halloween film of this new trilogy. Fight me. Fight me, damn it. I, I know all you Halloween ends haters are out there. I know. But at least you can sleep knowing that it's not number one like the other Halloween movies. Number eight. And also we're going to notice a good amount of A24 movies, especially from eight up. Men. A movie that you probably wouldn't think I would like because of the you know, the name and all that stuff. But I love this movie. And the ending was one of the most, what the fuck, moments of the year. I adore this film. And another movie, I hope it gets a 4K. Great, great cinematography in this movie. And again, the director, Alex Garland, who directed one of my favorite films of 20, I believe 2018, Annihilation. Just an excellent film. Number seven, Pearl. Again, a movie that I would hope Mia Goth gets nominated for Best Actress for this movie, but I don't think she will. This movie had one of the greatest, one of the best one-take scenes in not only horror history, but I will say this film history. This was a fucking phenomenal prequel to X, and it was a phenomenal. Uh, performance by Mia Goth. And I just love the difference between day compared to X's night. Don't worry, we're going to be talking about X in a little bit. Number six, a movie that I've been waiting years for and a movie that I was, that I did think would go get this high up on my list. And a movie that topped itself in a, in a certain scene. And that is Terrifier 2. Damien Leone with one of the most bonkers movie horror movies, slasher movies of the year. As far as a slasher film, this is tied with my number five as the best slasher of 2022. And Art is solidified by, as a horror icon. So... With that being said, we got to get to our other best slasher movie of the year, and that is X. Ty West did the unthinkable. He made two movies that released in the same year. That was a prequel and and this movie, and they were both excellent films. I would not argue you 
if you had Pearl in in your number one spot or or above X. I would not argue that. But again, rewatching both movies, I love both of them. I, I it, it's hard to pick. That's why I had Terrifier in the middle, kind of that 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 the one to break them up. Because X, it was a hard thing to do. But this was another great performance with Mia God playing dual roles as Pearl and Maxine. I cannot wait for Maxine next year. Some great kills. Great performances. Kid Cuddy. I have never seen him act before. But he was the, the standout of this movie. Besides Mia Goth, I was shocked how great he was in this film. Jenna Ortega, again, another, another mention of her, but... Kid Cuddy, keep on the lookout for him. Um, so with that, we are going to get into now. Mind you, if you notice, I did not say that X was the best horror film of the year. That belongs to our number two. And we'll get to that in a minute. Number four, Everything Everywhere All at Once, a movie that was not on my radar. I'm still kicking myself. I've not seen Marcel, uh, the She Sells, whatever that movie's called. But so it was on my radar. And I just thought, oh, they're ripping off Marvel with the multiverse stuff. This movie fucking rocked. Some great performances. It was nice seeing the kid from Indiana Jones all grown up in this movie. It was just, it was, it was also cute seeing him, uh, him and Harrison Ford uh, share a picture recently. But this movie fucking rocked. It was bonkers. It had some of the weird, like bizarre, most bizarre but entertaining scenes I've seen all year. If we're talking about creativity, this this movie did better than fucking Doctor Strange or the Multiverse of Madness. If I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, but definitely see this movie if you can. And now number three, this was basically this was my number two for majority of the year, and only one movie knocked it down. And that is Top Gun Maverick. A movie that I had very low expectations for. It was a movie from the 80s, a sequel to a movie from the 80s. And again, I, I'm a big fan of Top Gun. But I even I didn't think this movie was going to be as good as it was. This movie is, in my opinion, one of, if not the greatest Tom Cruise movie ever. And if you did not get teary-eyed during the Val Kilmer scene... You have no soul. The, the characters were fantastic. It, it felt like, even though this was years later, th- th- this felt like this movie could have came out a year after Top Gun. That's, that's, how, that's how great the storytelling and the direction and the cast was. This was a phenomenal movie. I believe it still it, it did get re-released in theaters recently. If you can... Go see this in the theaters. That leaves us with two. And, and we're going to go into... No, and anybody who remembers my list for my birthday uh, my birthday episode a couple weeks ago, you should know what number one is. But number two is Barbarian. The best horror film of 2022. And the most bizarre horror film of toy. We're just saying a lot. I went in this movie with only seeing the first trailer, which I think that's all they made, the poster, and that's it. So I was not expecting what the fuck was in this movie, which 
was great. And Justin Long was a standout as well. But more importantly, how this scene transitioned from a horrifying scene to Justin Long singing, driving down like a roadway near a beach was one of the greatest transitions I've ever seen. The performances was great. It was nice seeing, uh, fuck, what's his, Bill Skarsgård in a non-horror role. And the Monsters movie was just fucking creepy. Also, it was nice to see Richard Blake in the movie. Uh, besides, of course, another, uh, another movie we mentioned earlier in a different list. But go see this movie if you have it. It's, it's a shame that we, it's on HBO Max, but it's a shame we've not gotten a release date for a four, Blu-ray or 4K. Fuck you, Disney, for not releasing this on Blu-ray yet. Fuck you. And that leads me to my number one. It is a movie I've been waiting on since twenty since they announced it and since I saw the first trailer in 2020. I waited through delays. I was one of the, I, like it was happy I was happy that the there was not as much backlash as there was with a previous actor, even though I loved his performance too. But it was a movie that I've been waiting on for years. Kind of like uh, Terrifier 2. It is a movie that I had very, very high expectations. And not only did it fucking like reach those expectations, it just it went above and beyond. And that is the great, and I know, and I've seen all of them, all of them. I've seen all the theatrical movies. I've seen the anime movies. And I know it's only his first film. But I am here to say the greatest Batman movie of all time with the greatest Batman of all time. And that is Matt Reeves, the Batman, Sarah Padson. This was a film that I've been wanting for decades. A detective Batman movie with, even though I loved Gary Oldman, with my favorite Jim Gordon with Jeffrey Wright. A very good Alfred. I'm, I'm still going to say Jeremy Irons and Michael Caine are still the bear Alfreds. But Paul Dano as the Riddler was excellent. And I cannot wait to see what they do with the new Joker. But Colin Farrell as the Penguin was a breath of fresh air. I just couldn't believe he unrecognizable. But Colin Farrell's used to doing these types of roles. Zoe Kravitz was great as Catwoman. The score, the Nirvana music, the cinematography, everything about this movie is just great. Even, and I know I talked to us earlier with Black Panther, but the runtime for this movie did not feel dragged on. I love this movie from start to finish. I watch this movie quite frequently. It's one of the movies I, I repeat watch th- this year. That I love every fucking time. Treat yourself to seeing the premier Batman experience, in my humble opinion, by watching the Batman. And that is my, and that, in my opinion, is the best movie of 2022. So let me know, guys, what you think. What's your favorite movies of the year? What you think of my list? What do you think of all my lists? To be quite honest with you, I know I'm gonna get hate for Black Panther, but you know what? It's my opinion. So with that being said. Y'all have a great Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be back in the first week weekend of January to which let me verify what date, the exact date so I 
So, yes, you will be seeing me on the 7th of January. That'll be episode 27. You're already getting the 30. Can't believe that. I still got two years till I get to 30. So, well, you know, when we get into 30, episode 34, I turn 30. So at least that's good. So with all that being said, guys, y'all have a great Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you, everybody, for supporting this this podcast for the remainder for the entirety of this year through all the trials and tribulations. Follow me on TikTok at the House of Chayton. And that 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 just celebrated its one year anniversary with a lot of growth. So thank you to everybody who followed me on TikTok. And with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, you stay groovy out there. And I will catch you in 2023. Remember at the House of Chayton, the house always wins. Take care, everybody. And remember, 2023, the house rises.